0: Okay, hi, I'm Joseph Bates and this is the second part of my guide to modern love. If you followed all of the advice that I gave you in the first part, then you should really have a date organised already for the next couple of days. If you haven't, you must have not listened to it properly, so listen to it again and organise something quickly, because this second part concerns how to act on a date. Speaking of dates, I'm actually on a date currently myself with the pop star Adele. I've just came into the bathroom to record this intro. This date's going very well for me so far, and I'm about to ask the all-important question. Shall we go on to somewhere a little bit less expensive? The starters were £8 each, and I've honestly had to go on hundreds of dates to make this guide, so I'm massively in debt now. Anyway, that's not your concern at the moment. Your concern is finding out how to turn the person you've got a date with this weekend into a lover, and possibly even a spouse. And for this to happen, you need to make sure your date performance is as good as it can be. With that in mind, this guide will take you through exactly what you need to do at every stage to be victorious on every single day that you go on. So I'm going to finish up here. I'm going to go back to Adele and I'll give you 20 seconds to steal yourself. And after that, we'll start preparing you for a triumphant day performance. Welcome to Joe Bates Explains It All, part one, where to go on a date. So before we get started on how you should act on a date, you need to know where to go. There are two choices available to you, the restaurant or the cinema. From trying to think of interesting topics of conversation and all the awkward pauses, to accidentally starting the day in the wrong accent and needing to continue it throughout, talking is a minefield in dates. But going to see a film sorts out all of these problems at once. In a cinema, you're not even allowed to talk. And if your date tries to initiate small talk with you during the film, you can legitimately tell them to be quiet or at least wait for others to do so. Although you should enjoy the silence as much as possible, you can still say the odd short sentence to impress your dates, and you can demonstrate your intelligence by regularly saying things like, I knew that would happen, even if you didn't. If the film is a good one, it'll reflect well on you, and although you'll have to talk with your date afterwards, you can just talk about the movie, possibly going for exactly what happened in the film if you run out of opinions. You'll go home on a high having had a great night with your date, without having put in any effort whatsoever. But there is a huge risk going down the cinema dating route. When you've been on five dates with someone, that person is now your partner. And if all your dates have been cinema dates, you're now in a relationship with someone you know absolutely nothing about. The first few months will be okay, as you continue to go to the cinema and watch films and box sets at home to keep the relationship going. But there are only 14 good films and 5 good TV shows. When you get through these, you and your partner will begin to fight and argue in an extremely dull and cliched way because neither of you knows anything specific about the other person. When your partner storms out of the house forever, those great nights at the cinema world will seem like a long time ago. So cinema dates are a very risky option, but what about restaurants? Well, unlike the cinema, you probably can't sit in silence for two hours, so you're going to have to do at least some talking with your date. And there are other potential risks, such as food poisoning or getting into an argument with the waiter. But despite these major issues, the restaurant date is still a better choice than a cinema date for several reasons. The principal reason is practical. After a date in a restaurant, you'll have already eaten and therefore you don't have to prepare yourself a meal or order an expensive takeaway when you get in. You also have a huge choice of date venue, especially in somewhere like London where every single place is a restaurant and relatively few places are cinemas. But most of the benefits come from the fact that all parts of a restaurant date, from your choice of conversation to the way you use your cutlery, can be used in order to increase the chances of someone loving you by the end or even the first few minutes of a date. And that's as good a place to start as any to begin talking about how you should act on a date. Part 2 First impressions It's the classic date is tale. You're sat down, eagerly awaiting the arrival of your date, but when they do arrive they look very little like their profile picture. To them, it's just good dating practice to put up a photo of themselves looking nice, but their deception can feel like an early setback and put you in a foul mood for the rest of the night. There is a way to avoid this though, and that is by simply not looking at your date's picture beforehand, thus removing the chance that you'd be disappointed. If you're on a budget, this can be done by simply placing your hand over it, but if you've got the resources, you can stick something specific over the bit of the screen where their picture would appear. To properly lower your expectations for a date, you should stick up something you're uncomfortable with. It could just be a word or a concept, like the future, but for best results, go for an image you find genuinely scary. A scene from a disturbing horror film, for instance, or a H.P. Lovecraft-style unspeakable beast. You may go into your date completely terrified, but when your date arrives, you'll have such a rush of relief that you won't care how attractive they are. The date will definitely go well, because they're not the nightmarish monster you're expecting. Unless they are, of course, But at least in that case, you've never been more psychologically prepared to see that image. But whilst you can and should lower your expectations for others, you can't rely on others to do the same for you. And if you see the person approaching your table look visibly disappointed when they see your face, or mouth in something like, "Oh, for God's sake, that can knock your confidence straight away. However, you still have time to save the date. You quickly need to develop a new USP before your date leaves the premises. And there are three ways to do this. Method 1 is through humour. You need to do something quickly to demonstrate you're funny to make sure your date doesn't leave the building. You could try shouting some observational humour across the restaurant, perhaps about a comical difference between men and women. Even if your own date doesn't hear what you're saying across the noise of the restaurant, it's possible another person in the restaurant may enjoy your observation, join you at your table and eventually become your partner. This is risky though as not everyone likes this type of comedy but what everyone does like is physical humour and people being madly hurt. So for the best results, fall off your chair and do a sort of Mr Bean face. If your date starts laughing, which they will, they'll forgive your poor appearance and come and join you. The second method of stopping your date leaving as soon as they see you is to demonstrate your dexterity and your hand-eye coordination. All you need for this is a knife. There should be one on your table already, but I recommend bringing your own just in case. Place your hand palm down on the table with your fingers spread out and then bring the knife down quickly and repeatedly between your fingers, like this. It has to be quick though, because doing it slowly, like this, is not impressive and might actually be interpreted as threatening. But if you do do it rapidly, your date will be dazzled by your physical skills will definitely join you at your table, and could possibly even give you some money. Method 2 is what people like Darren Brown do on dates, and he learned it from the late Paul Daniels on their first date, but you do not have to be as good as either of them at it. In fact, even if you fail, it sets you up for the third method of making sure your date comes to your table. If, in doing the trick, you miss and end up stabbing your hand, you will bring out the maternal protective instincts in your date and they will rush to the table to assist you. This third method is actually foolproof and is the basis for the most caring, long-lasting relationship. But you must at least attempt the second method first because simply stabbing yourself in the hand just won't do it. So at this point, you've successfully arranged a date and your date has agreed to sit down with you. It might seem like the job is done already, but you haven't won the race yet. However, you will, because after this track, I'm gonna tell you exactly how you should act for the rest of the date to make sure you don't undo all of the good work you've done so far. Welcome back to Joe Bates Explains It All. Part Three, how to act on a date. So well done, you've passed the first hurdle and your date has sat down with you, but now you've got to navigate the minefield of table manners, or do you? In the past, people obsessed over etiquette, but the relationships that I have had that were built solely on shared good table manners were not good ones. In fact, unlikely as it may seem, creative and thought-provoking interpretations of table manners can make a big statement that could seal a date for you, making the next hour and a half completely irrelevant. What I do is bring my own chopsticks to a meal and use them throughout, even if the meal is a tough one to eat with them like a baguette or lasagna. You don't even have to explain why you brought them because you've already sent out three strong messages that you're an individual, that you're probably well traveled and that you own your own cutlery. However if you do get asked about it, this is the chance to make yourself look even better by saying something political like, With the way things are going in the world, we'll all be eating like this soon. With a line like that, you've just demonstrated acute political foresight, and once your date has spent a few seconds processing China's future domination of the world, you've already wrapped this date up. But in case the chopstick thing doesn't work, you've still got to continue to try and win your date over, and one way to achieve this is through talking. When thinking about your conversation choices, you've got to think what topic can everyone relate to? What sort of thing unites us all? There are actually very few things that do this, but one thing both you and your date will definitely have in common is the fact that you're both pawns in a brutal capitalist system of which you have no control. So talking about the world of work is a good place to start with a date. If you have a job yourself, you should mention it regularly and brag about how good it is to be employed and how great getting paid feels. If you don't actually enjoy your job, make humorous observations about it rather than saying things like, I never pictured myself doing what I'm doing now and it terrifies me that I can't see a way out of it. That sort of thing is a big turn off. If you're unemployed, don't use that word because whilst many liberal minded people tolerate it in the abstract, they get very uncomfortable with a close up. Instead, say that you're in a startup that hasn't started up yet or that you're a really freelancer. If you're good at talking, you could easily spend the entire day talking about your job or lack of it, but if there's still time left, you can ask your date about their employment situation. If your date has got a job, then congratulate them and whilst they're talking about it, say things like, Christ, that sounds interesting. Or, your job sounds amazing. Using blasphemy and swearing to emphasize how into the conversation you are. If you happen to drift off when they're talking about their job and forget what it is they actually do, When they're finished talking about it, say something warm but generic like your career is very impressive to me and I hope you continue your progress up the various pay gradients within it. If your date doesn't have a job then this is a chance to demonstrate your kind and considerate side by offering to lend them money or giving them handy CV tips. Then if you do eventually start a relationship with the person and they get a job based on the help you've given them, you'll be able to use this as leverage in any future argument you will have. And this will likely prolong the relationship for a number of years and perhaps even for life. However, no matter how good your conversation topic, things can go wrong. On my dates, I tend to do a lot of bus and general public transport talk. Most times this conversation works out brilliantly but once I was talking about the number 37 bus and how despite it saying on the timetable every 8 to 12 minutes, I never wait less than 15 minutes and that I found this confusing and frustrating and I often wondered if the drivers of the 37 bus were all mavericks who'd been moved off other of routes because of their poor performance. It was very interesting and it was clear by the amount I was perspiring that I was very passionate about it. But the eyes of my date glazed over and they just shrugged when I asked them their opinions about the 37 And whether they had any bus routes that particularly aggravated them. I'm sure everyone can relate to this awkward silence on a date, but there is a thing you can do when this happens. After you try a conversation that doesn't go well, immediately look very defensive and ask the question, well why don't you think of something to talk about then? After all it takes two to tango and by saying this you'll make them feel guilty and put the ball in their court, rendering your extended bus monologue a distant memory. They'll admire you for reminding them of their conversational responsibilities and you can sit back and enjoy your food whilst your date does the hard work for the rest of your time together. So after all the good work you've done so far, you might think the date is wrapped up, but then the bill comes. Before feminism this used to be the most straightforward part of any date because the rules were very clear. The man would have to pay the full amount. There were some obvious issues with this etiquette, particularly with dates between two men which often ended in a restaurant receiving double the amount of money stated on the bill. However, it was at least a clear system and now the issue is much more tricky. Whether you're a man or a woman, you can still try to pay the full bill, but the person may be insulted at the insinuation that you think they can't afford to feed themselves. So I'd say don't pay the full bill in case the person kicks off, but then how do you show that you're a generous person? Well, you could just say that you are, that might work, but a better way is to simply pay more than your fair share of the bill. This tells your date that you are kind and free with your money, but also that you don't think of them as a complete charity case. With this in mind, I often start dates by telling my date that I'm happy to pay for a starter if they want to get one. If they don't fancy a starter, I offer to pay for 2 thirds of the overall bill at the end of the meal, or 3 fifths of the bill if it's really expensive. Mathematically this can get very complicated but the lifetime of happiness this gesture could help you get is worth the 10 to 15 minutes it takes to work out the exact amount you need to pay. Well, that's covered everything from first impressions to paying the bill. With all that, you're nearly ready to go on the best date of your life. But before you do, we've just got three quick questions from listeners. One relates to having panic attacks, one relates to going to the bathroom, and one relates to the restaurant Nando's. So if you don't have any interest in any of these things, feel free to turn off now and go on your date. But if you do, here's the first question from Sally who says I get so nervous on dates that I feel like I'm having a panic attack. What can I do to stop this? Well Sally, the first thing to ask is, do you want to stop this or can you make it a positive thing? Tony Soprano from the TV show The Sopranos had regular panic attacks and he was a very popular character and he had many sexual partners. But if you're not like Tony Soprano in any other way, Sally, or your date doesn't understand the reference, then the simple way to stop the nerves and the panic attacks, just like outside of a date, is through the steady consumption of alcoholic drinks. There's a reason most dates take place in Weatherspoons, because the drinks are cheap enough that you can drown out the voice from the very core of your being, telling you that going on a date is the most horrible and awkward experience in the world, and that you should run away immediately. If you drink enough, it won't be an issue. So Sally, it does sound like you haven't been drinking enough or perhaps that you don't drink at all. Well, this might sound like the wrong thing to say, Sally, but you're going to have to start because there's no way around it. And all the advice that I've given so far in this guide has been given with the assumption that you're already at least on the way to being drunk. Okay, so that's Sally's problem solved. This is Mike from Bournemouth and he's written to me asking, can I go to the toilet? The email actually doesn't say whether this means on a date or not. Uh, Mike, if you're just asking me in general, of course you can, you don't need my permission. But if you're asking about whether you should use the toilet on a date or how often you should use it, it's actually a tricky one. If you are able to not go to the toilet throughout the entire date, you're demonstrating both physical and mental strength, particularly if you're drinking a lot of alcohol, which I've just said is absolutely essential. However, it's hard to be sure that your date's going to be picking up on this. So you may have to force it into the conversation at some point. The best time for this is when they go to the bathroom themselves. Just say something like, oh, I haven't been for hours and I'm not gonna go for a while yet. When you say this, your position as someone in complete control of their bodily functions will be cemented in their mind and this is a huge turn on for most people. So that's Mike sorted. And now lastly, it's Paul from Doncaster who's writing in about his dating problem. He's already been on dates but he's having a bit of a problem with it. So here we go. I've been dating a girl for over two years now, but it's been very difficult to make the move onto the next level. We go out for dinner at the same place every Tuesday. Whenever I hint at the possibility of developing our relationship to the next level, she quickly changes the subject. I really like her, but I find this frustrating and what's more, the restaurant we go to, Nando's, is actually where I work so it hasn't been fun for me eating there on such a regular basis. What do I do to convince her to do other things with me? Paul that does sound frustrating and it certainly can be difficult to move a relationship to the next level but in this case I really don't think you want to do this because this girl is clearly only using you for your staff discount. There are loads of people who take advantage of lonely single people in this way. The telltale signs are like in your case only wanting to go on dates in the place where you work and also discouraging you when you make a suggestion that you're looking for a job in a place that doesn't serve food. Paul I'd say don't stand for it. Let her go and rewind back to the beginning of this guide for all you need to get yourself someone who isn't only interested in you because you can get them 25% off Portuguese chicken. Sound advice I think you'll agree. So I'm still on my date with Adele. I'm back in the toilet for a second time tonight which I know contradicts some of the advice I just gave but I did tell her that I was just quickly recording something in here so it should be okay. The reason I've came back here is just to say a quick goodbye and to say I really hope you enjoyed my guide to the perfect date. Hopefully by using all the advice in this guide, the next date you're gone will be so good that it should lead to a long term relationship. And really, you shouldn't have to put much effort into that relationship because the memory of this first date performance will shine bright for a very long time. Realistically then, you don't actually need too much more from me, but do keep a lookout for part three, which will deal with a very, very unlikely chance that things go wrong during your relationship. Thanks again. I've been Joseph Bates and all the best on your next date.